The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before you hear the next great podcast, we'd like to tell you about a new 90-second show which distills everything that President Donald Trump has said in the last 24 hours. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available at wherever you get this podcast. Uh, death totals, our numbers per million people, are really uh, very, very strong. We're, we're very proud of the job we've done. Look for a link in this here podcast description or search for What Has He Said Now in all the usual places. So we're joined now by uh, an absolute Spurs legend, Alfie Conn is with us. How are you, Alfie? I'm not bad, mate, yeah. Good, thank you so... Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this again. Uh, just before we discuss about Spurs, I have to talk to you about the uh, time at Rangers in 1972 when you won the European Cup Winners' Cup against Dynamo uh, Moscow. You you, yeah. you you didn't think you would be playing in that game, did you? I didn't. Uh, one, uh, Colin Jackson in the centre-half, he injured himself and trained him uh, the day before the game. Right. Uh, and I was uh, injured, and I, I think I'd played one reserve game before the final. Right. So God, I resigned myself to be sitting on the bench. Right. Um, and then when that happened to uh, to Colin Jackson, uh, we were sitting at the pre-match meal when Wally Boydell announced the team, and he got to my my name. And I had to go, I didn't hear the rest of the team. I got up and I to the toilet the sick. You know, oh it was just obviously I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. What was it like playing at the Camp Nou in Barcelona? I mean, that must have been something else, wasn't it? Oh, it was fabulous. Yeah. You know, for, we thought we had good stadiums, you know, in Britain and that. But when you go out to the likes of the Camp Nou, it was incredible. Yeah. You know, and also there was 30,000 30, 30, Rangers supporters there. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you know, you, you were an incredibly popular player 
at Rangers. When yeah. when when you came to Spurs, were you, were you looking to leave Scotland at this stage or not? Uh, I was because uh, things were starting to happen at Ibrox uh, after the Cup Winners Cup team. Yeah. three or four years sold within a year, eighteen months. Right. You know, so was that a financial reason, or why, why did this? No, happen? no, no, no. I just think of, you know they want to bring other players in, right? Thought they could do a better job, and before us went, you know, so. We, I mean, because you, you, you were Bill Nicholson's final signing at Spurs. Uh, so how, how how did the approach come about? Where, did did you know who was coming in for you? I knew nothing about it, Mike. Wow. Um, we were actually getting ready to go to a pre-season tour of Sweden. Right. And a, a phone call at the house to Willie Waddle, the manager of the Rangers, uh, and says, look, you're not coming to Sweden with us, but I'll meet you at Glasgow Airport at a certain time. And still never said to me who we were going to see. Um, so it wasn't when the, the flight got into London and uh, Eddie Bailey, I think it was, the coach, uh, yeah. at the time, he picked us up and took us down to White Hart Lane. That's, that was the first time I knew about it. Well, we, we've spoken to quite a few ex-players from this period who have all told us that when they signed for Spurs, Spurs would put them on less money than what they were getting at their previous club. Was that the same for you or was there an increase in pay? No, there was a huge increase. Oh, was it? Was there really? Oh, right. I'm glad to I, hear I got, uh, I think it was about four times what I was getting at Ibrox. Really? Oh, that's that's quite rare from what we see from other players. Aye. They obviously really oh, obviously held you in good no esteem. Coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they obviously held you in very good esteem then. I mean, strangely though, you know, what, what, I mean, obviously because Bill resigned then in September, so you were yeah. only with him for a very short time. In that short time you are with Bill, how did you find him? Absolute gentleman. Absolute gentleman. He was one of the managers, he was the old breed. Uh, see, when he walked into the room, there was an aura. You know, the same with the likes of uh, Bill Shankly, Mark yeah. Busby, Jock Stein. Yeah. You know, that sort of manager. Uh, as I say, I don't even think we discussed terms and what have you for about five minutes before I agreed to sign. Really? Aye. And what did he say to you? What did he, what did he hope you'd bring to the side? never really got a, a chance to talk about that. It was basically, you know, what he had uh, in his mind for the future, you know, at Spurs. But unfortunately, he never seen it through. Um, I think it just... Similarly, we, we had played a game, uh, a pre-season friendly at Tottenham. Right. About two years or three years before that, mm. before I actually signed with Spurs. And uh, seemingly after the game, he had been watching this for three, well, he told me he'd been watching it for two years. Really? You know, to see how it was progressing, so obviously I was doing something right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, he obviously resigned in September. People think he never got over the trouble in the uh, UEFA Cup final back in 74 that Tottenham lost. And then Terry Neal came in, and Terry moved on a lot of the senior players that season. You didn't make your debut till January. How, how did you find Terry when he took over? Um, at the beginning, he was okay, but there was a lot of rumours going about he was only using the Spurs job as a stepping stone to the Arsenal job. Really? You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I remember coming in, I think it was for pre-season training, 
Mm. And I'm looking about and I'm going, Martin Chivers isn't there. Yeah. I think we lost about eight players that season. Yeah, a lot went. Yeah. You know, uh, and they were all international players. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's how we struggled as much because of the the big overturn of players in such a <coughs> short time. I mean, you know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you made you, you, you made your full debut that season in January, and <clears throat> it's still one of the great Spurs debuts of all time. Uh, at obviously at uh, Newcastle United, uh, where you scored a hat trick. Uh, pro- uh. Probably, I think the first hat trick. Uh, scored by a Spurs play on their debut since the great Jimmy Greaves back in 1962. What were your memories of the game? Because it, ex- it was an extraordinary match. Uh, to, to be quite truthful, I cannot mind much of the game at all. <laughs> it was an absolute blur, was it? On it, it was, it was a blur. Really? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you when the goals were scored. Or, you know, I know I got asked on the hat trick, but I couldn't tell you any other goal scorers in that game. Really? That's amazing. It was, just a, it was a complete blur because, really? again, I wasn't expecting to be playing. Oh, I see. Wow. You know, it wasn't to the, 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 night, the night before mm. that I was, you know, Terry Neal told me I was playing. So, yeah. But as I say, it's just one of these things, you know, it's a game that that passes you by and you can't real, really remember much about it. The only yeah. thing I can remember is scoring three goals. Yeah, amazing. Because I mean, we then, after that game, we, we, we were on a really bad run. We had nine games without a win and all of a sudden now we were in a relegation fight. What was the mood of the dressing room? You, you mentioned earlier that senior players moved on. Did the players still at Tottenham think they could get out of this trouble or, or was there a real worry within the, within the dressing room? Obviously, you've got, uh, you know, there was a wee worry about it, but we still had the players that were good enough to get us out of it. Yeah. You know, because, as I say, we had Pat Jennings and Goals, who, to me, was the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. He was that good. Um, Cyril Knowles was playing. Yes. Martin Chivers played in that game. He was sure. recalled. Yes. You know, so we had Stevie Perriman. He was been there for years. Yeah. Um, so we still had the basics, you know, um, there and it was just the, the other players come in. Yeah, uh, and it was just a case of listen, we just need to get our heads done. Yeah, I mean, you because you were absolutely key to our survival that season, which obviously turned you into a real cult hero with the fans. I remember you got really important goals against Luton, and then it was a huge win against our London rivals Chelsea, which actually sent them down. Which is still available on YouTube for those of you who'd like to watch it. And then the last match of the season obviously came down to Leeds United, which was probably one the greatest game seen at the lane for its importance and the result and we were facing a really strong Leeds United team who were playing their next game was the European Cup final. Do you think in hindsight because of that game they had coming up that might have helped us get the result we needed? Um, it was a possibility because I'll give a wee story about that. It was, I think we were 3-0 up mm. at the time. And for some unknown reason, I sat in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It wasn't a plan. It was just a, an off-the-cuff thing. Yeah. And the next thing, we Billy Berner come running across and says, listen, you've just upset us. Yeah. And then within about 10 minutes, I think, Peter Lorimer had scored for about 35 yards. That's right. And they scored another one. Yeah. <laughs> and when I did it, I remember, lo- I remember looking round and all I could see was Pat Jennings shaking his head. <laughs> you, 
<laughs> you're absolutely right. We had uh, Terry Naylor was on the show last month, and he, uh, he said exactly the same story. He said to us that Billy Bremner ran up to him and said, stop him doing that now, or we're going to start to play. And apparently Terry just ignored him, and then Lorimer scored that thunderbolt goal. And apparently Terry uh, then, uh, then shout, shouted out to you to calm the F down. <laughs> you know, and even the goal. Yeah. I mean, I've just, I've, I've actually stood and shook my head and says, what the hell have you just done? Yeah, really. You know, but as I say, it was just an off the cuff. That was me. It was off yes. the cuff. Absolutely, absolutely. The other story we heard from that uh, before the game, and I don't know if you remember this or you can... Uh, uh, Romack. Uh, yes. <laughs> Terry <laughs> Borton. Ro- Terry Neal Borton, a hypnotist called Romark, to talk to some of you players to get you to visualise that you're going to win the game. You, you, I, rem- you remember that? I can remember. I, I can remember going in, and it was, it was a complete waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, in saying that, Cyril, I think he went to sleep before the boy even says, you're going to sleep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was so funny, because there's... They're not the way to go in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but obviously Terry Neal says you, you need to go in. Yeah. And he's putting all in about uh, what was your best game? And I said to him, joking, like when I was nine year old and I scored nine goals in a, a, a school game, just think of that and concentrate on that and you'll have a, you'll be okay tomorrow night. Well. But see, about, it was about six months later, that same guy that was telling us, you know, what we were going to do and how we were going to do it and that. He crashed a car, gone down, uh, I think it was Chelsea High Street, blindfolded. He says he could drive down Chelsea High Street, blindfolded. I think he got 20 yards, crashed into a lamppost. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a great you know, story. But it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, some, some people went under, but I think of that sort of thing. If you want to go under, you'll go under. Yeah. If you've got to the back of your mind that we've that's a waste of time. Yeah, because you know? Martin Schiff has said that obviously he was dead against it, but <clears throat> was was brought in, for, brought back into the team for that game and, and actually did score, uh, which is quite extraordinary. But it was uh, an, an amazing game and just, uh, I mean, I was quite young, but I still remember it because obviously it was such a huge, huge match. Uh, but then the oh. fo- and then, you know, the following season, we did much better. We finished pretty much the same team. We finished ninth. But that season, I remember, you, you started getting a few injury problems. I'm, I actually missed the whole of the season. That's maybe how, how, how we wow. finished ninth, you know, when I was out of the team. Um, no, I'd, I'd went to play with Scotland out in Romania. Right. And I'd made my debut... Uh, for Scotland that, se- that season we, we beat Leeds and Jockstein was under 23 manager and had asked Willie Ormond if he could get me to play in the under 23s because we had a chance of qualifying mm. you know for the next round and uh, ruptured my cruciate ligament oh god so that was the season was gone oh dear me that's you know, I was in plaster for about six months. Wow, what a time. What an awful time for it to happen to you. That's right, you yeah. know. And then, obviously, there was a change of manager. And what was the, When Terry left, I mean, what was the kind of feeling amongst the players when he, when he went? To be quite honest, I think a lot, of, a lot of the players were glad to see him go. Right, yeah. You know, uh, but 
and then Keith Burton shot took over, and that was that was a strange one as well. Well, because Keith was already within the club, wasn't he? He was. I think he was Terry's coach. Yeah, he was a coach. Terry Terry Neil brought him as a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, Keith had his, his own, obviously his own ideas mm. of the game as well. Yeah. And I found myself struggling to get back into the team. Yeah. Do you think that was because of the, the injuries that, 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 that didn't fully go, or did you think at this stage you were kind of fit and ready? Oh, once, once I got uh, the all clear for the specialists and started training again, I mean, I was ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but just couldn't get in. Couldn't get a game, and then all of a sudden I got my chance. I was in the team for a... Yes. And then I was out again, and then I was back in and out again. I went, nah, I can't handle this. Yeah. Cause, you know? uh, cause because Glenn... every player wants to play. Of course, especially at that age as well. You're still relatively young as well. Because yeah. uh, I think that season, I think that was the season that Glenn Hoddle finally started to emerge. What What was he like? Could you see in training what a player he was going to become? I can remember... Uh, I actually phoned a pal of mine back in Scotland and I said to him, listen, keep your eye on this boy in the next two or three years. He's going to be one of the best. And I told him his name was Glenn Hoddle. He was yeah. absolutely outstanding. I mean, to this day, I still don't know what, what his strong foot is, whether yes. it was his left or his right. Because yeah. he was that good with both. You know, but what a fabulous, fabulous player. I'm glad to hear that he's, he's recovering from his... His illness. That's right. No, absolutely. We all absolutely. I delighted. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. So, when, when, how did you hear about, when you left Spurs, were you, you said you were in and out the side and you wanted to play, were you looking for a move or did you sort of realise that you might be surplus to requirements at this stage from Birkenshaw? I got to, I think we played Everton. Right. And we drew three each. We were running three one. We had about two minutes to go or three minutes to go or something. And uh, I was asked that same question by Brian Moore. Right. And I told him that you know I would need to speak to the manager who was Keith Burtonshaw uh, just to find out what was what was going on. And I think after that it was a case of no, that didn't look too bright for me. Right. What do you th- what do you think in hindsight that was a mistake saying that? I mean, you already being honest. No. No, I don't think it had anything to do with that. Again, Keith had his own things. Yeah. Uh, plans in his minds, and obviously I didn't fit into them at the time. No, I you mean, know. and, and who, who, who came in for you? Was there a few clubs that wanted to speak to you? There was, there was two, or three, two or three clubs. There was a couple of clubs in the Midlands. There was uh, one in London, 
Um, but as I say, Spurs was my home. Yeah. You know, I'd made a lot of good friends down there. My wife loved it. Um, I had a couple of relatives down there, so I was really settled. And I didn't have, if I was going to move anywhere, I was going to move back to Scotland. Right, you didn't, you didn't think about staying in London then? No, no, because it meant moving house and what have you. I had a young kid as well, you know, and ready to start school and what have you. So, what I say is the best thing to do is. is Come back to Scotland if I could get a club back in Scotland, you know. And you, you went, was do you, was it was it Celtic you signed for, wasn't it? You went to Celtic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what was that like? Because you know a lot of people who don't live in Scotland to this day don't understand this uh, whole com- range uh, of Celtic thing. They just don't yeah, get it. Uh, uh, it's completely different to any derby game in the world. It's um, uh, verges verges on uh, religion. Protestant yes. against Catholic, uh, which is was no herdy yeah. down there, you know, and it wasn't until later on when you get a hundred thousand shouting abuse at you, yeah. <laughs> your own supporters, and obviously the, my team, my my team was Rangers. Yes. Uh, so to them, I'd done that was the ultimate sin, you know. Was it? Was it a decision? My best man had. My best man didn't speak to me. Really? That really? <laughs> he fell out. He fell out because he was a big Rangers man. Right. And what? what? I had never spoke to me for about three years. Wow. I mean, when, when obviously they came in for you, what, what was your feeling? Did they sort of just discuss this is what you did? You just look at it as purely a footballing decision? You must have realised some of these ramifications, possibly. Well, at the time, all I wanted to do was play football. Yeah, and when somebody like Jock Steen comes in for you, you know, it's an old, really a no-brainer, um, and that was the, re- the reason I went. Yeah, to Celtic was to play with Jock Steen. But, but what was it like, just like walking around the streets of Glasgow? Because it's quite a close-knit community. It must have been I looking back a really difficult time. I I didn't I didn't really stay in Glasgow. I stayed on the outskirts here. Right, I you see. know. So if I was going out for a drink, I didn't go into the town centre. Really, you know, because it could be quite, quite nasty. Really, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Ibrooks a couple of times last year. Yeah, and I still get abuse. Do you really? Incredible, <laughs> incredible, you know? isn't it? Aye. Wow, unbelievable. And what about the Celtic fans? Do they probably quite like it? The fact you you went there, don't, don't they? Aye, because obviously they knew I was a Rangers man, so it was basically we put one over in Rangers. So you kind of found them a bit more accepting of the whole situation? At the start, it was, you know, obviously the majority uh, had, had their doubts, but I scored my debut. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to settle it a wee bit. But as I say, that I, I, to be quite honest, Mike, I think if, if Bill, I call him Bill now, but at the time I always called him Mr Nicholson or Gaffer, I think if he had stayed, I don't think I'm bad. Probably thinking to myself, I wouldn't have come back to Scotland. I'd probably have been at Spurs a lot longer. I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact that he he, he signed you made the difference. It's like any job. Anyone new that comes in, and there's people there that he didn't bring in, they always have their ideas of what they want. And I think you're, <laughs> you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right with that. I mean, despite you know not having a long career at Spurs, I mean it's incredible that all these years on, you are still held in such high esteem by play, by fans. 
fans that saw you play. What does the club mean to you now when you sort of look back after all these years? I love the club. You know, the, my only disappointment at the time was that I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye because I played in a reserve match. I got taken after me Jock Steen and I was away the next day. Oh, uh, really? So you couldn't say goodbye to you me? You know. That's awful. That was, that was it, you know, yeah. especially the supporters because I don't know what it was, whether it was because I enjoyed taking people on or whatever you try to bring the crowd into it. Uh, I just don't know, but I had a great affiliation <coughs> with the Spurs well, supporters. I mean, you played, well, the, the reason being, you, you played what we call the Spurs way. And uh, let's be honest, when you arrived, you were in a team that wasn't particularly good, wasn't getting results. And yet you went out there, as you said earlier, played your own style, played the way you were meant to play. And on the terraces, fans saw it. And, and, uh, it, pay, and it paid off. It wasn't like you were one of these players that tried stuff, it didn't come off, you've given the ball away. You scored such important goals, you know, particularly in that season when it looked like we were absolutely doomed. And I think yeah. most most fans absolutely recognise that. Uh, that uh, you were the sort of diamond in, in quite a sort of drab, uh, drab side. Mike, see, when you think about it, if you go through the team that I first came into, you're Pat Jennings and goals. You're joking here yeah. at right back. Mike England, Phil Beal, Cyril Knowles, Martin Peters, yeah. uh, Stevie Perriman, Ralph Coates, Martin Chivers, yeah. the wee winger Jimmy Neighbour. You know what I mean? It wasn't a bad team. But but that team was, but as you said by Terry, you know, that team, Peters went almost immediately to Norwich. Uh, I think Neighbour went when Peter Taylor came in. Uh, Joe Kinnear was, was moved on. A lot of those players, as you mentioned, w- were moved on probably far too soon now in hindsight. I mean, really. It was. You know, I mean, what a shame. There's no, there's no club can get ready seven or eight international players and expect, you know, to do the same thing. Absolutely. You know, but as I say, I was really disappointed. I was, I wasn't there longer. But hey ho, you just got to get on it. Exactly. Well, look, you've given, you've given us many, many memories, and uh, it, it's always a, a, a joy and a pleasure to talk to you, Alfie. Thank you so much for your time. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got ninety seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called "What Has He Said Now." and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.